The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to another edition of the Hidden Yardage Podcast. On the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, I'm Mark Lane. You can follow me on Twitter at the Real Mark Lane. We've got Sean Martin. You can follow him at Sean Martin NFL. And joining us as she did in Week Three, ahead of Monday Night Football against the Giants, it's none other than the Dallas Cowboys sideline reporter extraordinaire, Christy Scales. Thanks for joining us. And where can they find you on Twitter? At Christy Cowboy, and that's spelled K-R-I-S-T-I, at Christy Cowboy. Which is a really clutch follow to have during Cowboys games because she's a lot quicker at providing injury updates than the TV broadcast. Well, thanks, Mark. At least we try. So most of the time, yeah. But, but uh, um I want to be the broadcaster or the person on Twitter who gets the least amount of airtime or or tweets because most of the time, if you hear from me on the sideline during the game, it's bad news. It's injury news. So hopefully if I'm on quite a bit on Monday night, it might have to do more with like field conditions or more, you know, substitutions and stuff and hopefully less injury information if all goes well. Yeah, ever since Jason Garrett mentioned the Cowboys record on grass, it's kind of started a frenzy this week of what the Cowboys record is in different scenarios. When's the last time they won a road playoff game? Of course, the over record against Brady was going to come up as soon as this matchup was set. To me, the only record that matters, as Mark mentioned, was Christie's joined us now on two Monday night games and they were one and zero, you know, against the Giants. So looking for two and zero, I think that'd be a good that'd be a good streak to uh, to keep going and. You know, the new norm around Dallas is they're trying to make this a consistent playoff team. They're back in the playoffs consecutively for the first time since 06, 07. So, you know, what's the mood like around this team right now? Do you, Does it seem like they've learned a lesson from the 49ers game last year and, you know, trying to establish that they can actually be, you know, a deeper threat into the playoffs this year? Yeah, it's a great question, Sean, and something that we've been asking the players in terms of, you mentioned it's been so long. Uh, over you know it's been 30 years since they won a road playoff game it's the how about them cowboys win uh over the 49ers at candlestick at the end of the 92 regular season since they won a road game but 
to a man, they're all saying the the same thing. It's like, you know, you respect the, the history and sometimes there is a bit of a burden when you are playing for a historic franchise like the Cowboys, but that was then and this is now and it, it's all about us right now. And it's the same thing about going against Tom Brady, who's what, 7-0 and all time against the Cowboys, but that was then, this is now. Brady said the same thing himself this week, basically. But um, one thing that was interesting, and we were talking with Mike McCarthy about this this morning, there was a morning press conference and a walk-off today, even though it's Saturday. That's because we get the extra day with the Monday night game. But um, a couple of the reporters were saying, talking to the players this week, they admitted that last year maybe there was a little more uh, angst or, or nervous energy going into the playoffs, but they don't feel that this year it's more of just a kind of a take care of business. And so even though, yes, there's an added level of excitement and anticipation knowing that it is win or go home, but um, even though the Cowboys ended with a thud with a regular season and Dak's worst game in a long time at Washington to finish the regular season, I, I think it's a really good vibe a really positive energy and that down to business attitude that I think you need entering this first week of the postseason. And one thing Cowboys fans are banking on going into this game is the way that this team has really responded to a step up in competition. You know, they've played their best football against the best teams and then they kind of let their guard down, if you will, against maybe lesser competition and whether or not that's what happened in week 18 or if they were just trying to save it a bit for this upcoming Monday game. We don't really know, but certainly they wanted to move on from that that loss to the commanders pretty quickly, and that's exactly what they've done. So now this game is nothing like, you know, playing against Sam Howell. It's Tom Brady. It's the GOAT. Interesting question for you. You know, your sideline level for these games, I think that's a unique perspective that, you know, everyone else in the media doesn't get. How different is it when, you know, it is Tom Brady across from the team that you're covering? You know, what do you hear as far as the players – commenting on the fact that they are going up against a player with probably the biggest legacy in NFL history and objectively the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, I think about Dre Greenlaw from the 49ers intercepting Brady in a game this season and after the game, (laughs) having the courage to go up to him and have him sign that football just because of, you know, understanding how big of a moment that was. So, you know, what is it like on the sideline when this Cowboys team not only plays Tom Brady, but really just any team that they see as an equal competition, which really brings out the best in Mike McCarthy's team? Well, it's not just the respect of what he's accomplished in his career. It's what he can do with his experience within the game and and the way he picks you apart. And I think one of the main things for this week, and I've talked to the linebackers about this and the defense says, uh, the defensive backs say the same thing, but what Brady is best at is using his eyes to look you off, right? And so the a word that I heard, and it was one of the linebackers used this word, and I think it's a good one, and that's discipline. And so that's, and he meant it in context of when you're in coverage. By the way, he, uh, Brady has really relied on Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, his two uh, top two running backs, In the uh, passing game this year, Fournette has 73 receptions this year. White has 50. And so all the the record-setting number of pass attempts that Brady had this year, 
you know, over 120 of his passes went to the running backs for over 850 yards. But anyway, back to the point of the way that Brady uses his eyes to look defenders off, you have to stay disciplined and you have to stay on your guy because if you're sneaking a look back at Brady, if you're in man coverage or if you're in zone coverage and you're looking at the the quarterback um, as you should in zone coverage, He's going to look you off, and if you if you go and you follow his eyes and you're not staying on your man or you're not staying on the person in your zone, that's when he's going to throw it behind you. Or, you know, so basically it's, it's staying disciplined is the key thing this week. And then from a, a pass rush perspective, you can't measure the pass rush in sacks when you go against a guy like Tom Brady who gets the ball out of his hands so quickly, but you can still affect the quarterback. Uh, maybe by hurrying him a little bit, or if you know you're not going to get home in terms of getting the sack or the hit on Brady, is get up, get your hands up, leap, you know, see if you can bat down a pass, make sure that you get in those passing lanes and affect the pass if you can. So while there's a lot of respect about Brady and what he's accomplished in his career, particularly in the postseason, it's the way that he manipulates the defense. That's what the defenders really respect about him. And Sean and Mark, may I add one more thing in terms of context of Brady's accomplishments? Uh, you, you, you want a really fun stat? I'll, I'll share it with you guys if you say yes. Oh, of course. Okay. So we know that he's got all of these postseason records. Uh, by the way, his 35 wins in the playoffs is the same number of wins for the Cowboys as a franchise. So in their storied history. That's not so fun. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Tom Brady, postseason passing yards, 13,049. The Cowboys, and that's in 47 playoff games. The Cowboys in their history have 64 playoff games. 14 different quarterbacks have thrown a pass in those 64 games. Their grand total passing yards by the quarterbacks, 14 quarterbacks, 13,179. So basically, Tom Brady is 130 fewer passing yards than the Cowboys, every quarterback that's ever thrown a pass in a playoff game in Cowboys history in 64 games. So I, I think it's fun to look at postseason records. And as I say, Brady has all of them. But put it in context for Cowboys fans' perspective. Let's compare it to Cowboys. You can't compare it to individual players. With Brady and postseason, you have to compare it to the entire Cowboys franchise. And Brady still has yet in, or is within a razor's edge in almost every category. In turn, If you look at, at touchdown passes in the postseason, Cowboys quarterbacks, 89. Tom Brady, 86. <laughs> so that's what you're talking about in terms of postseason legacy with Tom Brady. I think what's fascinating about that is it illustrates how a lot of the Cowboys wins were back when football was vastly different and it was about the run game and establishing the run and it, not it, so much an emphasis on the pass which is where Brady has made his bones throughout his career. I, I think the win total one, uh, that also, I think that one stings the most when you think about it because that illustrates just how uh, away from the ball the Cowboys have been 
throughout Brady's career. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just for example, uh, let's see, I've been on, this is my 32nd year uh, with Cowboys Radio. 1991 was my first year, but I was the producer up in the booth on game day until 1999 when we moved down to the sideline. And I've had just 13 playoff games <laughs> since 1999, you know? So, um, uh, and Brady will have that, you know, in four seasons. But yeah, back in, in 91 through 98, when I was up in the booth, we would have, you know, three or four playoff games every year and then uh, a long dry spell. So uh, believe me when I tell you that I really appreciate the opportunity to get to do it in back-to-back seasons because, as you said at the beginning of the podcast just several minutes ago, that it's the first time since, what, 06, 07 that the Cowboys have gone in back-to-back years. And I think what can be extinguished among all of the stuff that – Cowboys fans have to hear in the offseason or, you know, they themselves uh, say in the offseason as they self-flagellate themselves to, you know, look good for their Eagles fans and Steelers fans in-laws is that if I think if Dallas can at least get into the conference title game this year, then that whole thing of all they haven't been since VHS tapes goes away and then you're talking about a Super Bowl drought, which, I mean, come on, and there's franchises who haven't even been to a Super Bowl yet. Yeah, that's true. It, and I don't know if – well, with conference championship, I, I don't think McCarthy's job is is on the line. I know that's been a, a you know storyline for some media and a lot of fans and certainly a lot of talk radio as they try and fill segments. Um of course, if it's a total dud on Monday night, you know, maybe that narrative changes. Uh, if they can't get anything going offensively, which is what happened in week one of this regular season when the Cowboys lost to uh, Tampa and just looked really bad on offense, um, couldn't get anything going in the past game. And of course, Dak got hurt, broke his thumb there at the near the end of the fourth quarter. But um, then, you know, I think the more questions would be about Kellen Moore and play calling, but really this is more about Dak and his legacy because, uh, or not even legacy, just in terms of how he's judged in the here and now, because like we were talking about, it's unfair sometimes that there's this burden of being a cowboy and having the, the history, but particularly at that quarterback position. So he'll always be measured by Staubach and, and Aikman. And, and as you say, Mark, there are other teams that franchises that have never even made it to the Super Bowl and, and their uh, quarterbacks are not judged in that way. But hey, as Jason Garrett used to say, it comes with the dinner with this franchise. And Dak knows that better than anybody else. And I think Cowboys fans are, you know, it's been hard to sell them this week on, oh, the offense in week 18 was just hoarding back for the playoffs because they heard that last year for multiple weeks towards the end of last season where the offense wasn't playing well and we all kind of talked ourselves into them having another gear for the playoffs that didn't really come. Once they fell behind in that 49ers game, the offense came, but that was because of Dak Prescott's arm and not really anything, you know, schematically they were holding back that then they decided to show in that game. So is that the biggest, you know, point of concern for you going into this game that the offense 
is going to resemble more of what we saw against Waston and not going to be able to find it, or not even against Waston, but like you said, all the way back a week one, you know, that version of the offense will be closer to that, will be closer to the midseason offense that could certainly give the Cowboys a chance in this game. To me, what was disappointing about that final loss in Washington is that you did have the starters out there on offense, and yes, they definitely were trying to to score. Did did Kellen call the plays a little differently than he might have? There were some conspiracy theories that maybe he was holding stuff back. That's not my opinion, and 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 also they wouldn't have left the starters out there into until late in the fourth quarter. They were trying to get something going and kind of come off the field feeling good about themselves and they couldn't even really manage that. So am I concerned about the offense? Yes, because the, they have not been good in the run game the past month. Um, And the priority on Monday night, they're going to try and establish uh, the run. Um, What happened in the first game, that was one where um, uh, of course it was, they didn't have Michael Gallup. They didn't have T Y Hilton, but uh, CD was targeted, what, 12 to 11 times in that game, only had two catches and was visibly frustrated in that game. Uh, Noah Brown was targeted nine times. Uh, of course, the third and fourth receivers in that game for the Cowboys were Dennis Houston and Simi Fajoko. So <laughs> that kind of puts it in perspective. But um, here's what I'm going to be looking at from the sideline. And you can usually tell this by the second, certainly third series, uh, if if you get at least a couple of pass attempts. And that is, how tightly is the officiating crew going to call this game? And by that, I mean, from a coverage standpoint, def- the defensive backs. Are they going to let them be physical with the wide receivers? And different crews call it different ways, okay? Now, Craig Rolstad is the uh, referee for this game. Through the regular season, his crew called the second fewest penalties uh, in the league and uh, was among the fewest, if not the least, in terms of roughing the quarterback. But what I have seen over this last uh, few weeks as the offense has, has struggled and Dak has struggled is the wide receivers uh, other than CD have had trouble getting open. And, and when it's really physical coverage, uh, that's when you see where Dak has maybe tried to force the ball in there too much. So uh, I think that if they let them really play Monday night, if they let the the DBs play very physically, then I would have some uh, concern about that. But at the same time, that can also kind of provide opportunity as well, because if they're if you're able to to shake loose, right? If you're if they're right on you and you can uh, shake them and get past them, then you can definitely maybe have some big plays with yards after catch, yards after contact. So when I'm on the sideline, guys, I can't see. You don't have a good view overhead. You can't really see like like the patterns and things like that. It's it's not like watching coaches film where you can see things develop, but what you can see is the physical nature of everything. Are they on press coverage? You know, Um, but one thing that, that uh, Tampa does is they're uh, they play a lot of quarters with that, with their coverage, but they still play man out of that. And so um, it's it's just going to be really interesting 
but if the if the Cowboys can't establish the run, that's going to be make it even tougher for Dak and those wide receivers. And the other thing is they've kind of gotten away. I know that they targeted Schultz uh, quite a bit uh, the last couple games, but before they were going a little more to Hendershot and to Ferguson. I'd like to see the tight ends overall as a package uh, be more involved in this game. Yeah, the tight ends. They it looks like that they were. Uh, like you said, that they've gotten away from targeting them, um, kind of like the way that people have gotten away from other stats regarding the Cowboys Buccaneers all time postseason history, like this Dallas is 2 and 0 against Tampa Bay in the postseason, but that doesn't get mentioned. Instead, oh, they're in their blue jerseys, oh, their record against Tom Brady, and it's been 29 years since their last road playoff win. With all three of those elements, like I said, record versus Brady, uh, 29 years since the last road playoff win, and even the blue jerseys, which they've not won in in a playoff game since the 78 NFC Championship game. Um, Which of those concerns you uh, um, among the bad luck elements? Yeah, I don't think jersey color. You know, just as a longtime Cowboy fan, when I see the blue jerseys, or of course, I, I know before the season, you know, I get the info from the uh, Mike McCord and Bucky and Dylan and Cowboys equipment uh, room when we're wearing stuff. But, uh, you know, it is the first thing that crosses my mind. But obviously, jersey color is not going to have anything to do with, with Monday night, even though so many of us believe in the jinx. But no, I, I, I think it's Brady. You know, it, that's the thing. And and the road, it's interesting you talk about it being so long on the road, if that's a, a concern, uh, since it's so long since they uh, won a road game 30 years. Uh, we were having this discussion with Mike McCarthy today, it's just that there, he sees the road as a benefit because you're, you're all together, you're not distracted. He was, he was talking about it more from a standpoint of when he was in Green Bay but uh, he likes it when you're on the road and you don't have the distractions at home with visiting family or, um, you know, uh, having to worry about getting tickets for people or just the fact that it's kind of an us against them kind of thing when you're on the road. Um, the technology makes it easier where to deal with the hostile environments uh, in terms of it being loud because now you've got the communication systems with the radio headsets and things like that. So, and I, I kind of believe that too. I actually like going on, uh, on the road and I like the us versus them kind of mentality. So of all the things that you mentioned, Mark, to me, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not what color Jersey you're wearing is the fact that, you know, it's, it's Tom Brady and he's the best to ever do it. And you're going against him on Monday night. And that's, what's fascinating about what, People worry what fans worry about going into these matchups and what players and coaches are actually worried about going into it. And like you said, with the road, um, with Mike McCarthy feels better on the road. Well, he should. That's how he won his Super Bowl was Green Bay was the number six seed in 2010 and was the road wild card team all the way through. Uh, and winning in Super Bowl 45 
there at AT&T, well, it was then Cowboys Stadium, but AT&T Stadium was they were the road wildcard team. So it is familiar territory for them. Yes, and, and, and didn't Tampa, weren't they the wild card team a couple of years ago when yes. they won? So there's certainly precedent for it, and it does seem mm-hmm. like it's more recent history. Mark, you know more. I'm All right, I got, I got a question for you yeah. then. Sorry to interrupt. But who, who was the first road wild card team to make the Super Bowl? Um, gosh. Probably a long, was, it, was it the Raiders? I'll give you a dozen hints, Christy. I think she's going to get it after like two. Go ahead. That, that won it? Uh, well, didn't Eli? What? No, it was uh, the 1975 Dallas Cowboys. Wow. See, I should have known that. So there you go. That's why I gave you a dozen hints. I do think the Giants were a wildcard team doing one of the one or both of the Super Bowls, though. So. Yeah, I love that. Hey, you know, uh, maybe history will repeat itself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you look at, you mentioned the record against yeah. Brady. Just as a quick note on the, the Blue Josies, you know, like I said, the first stat to come out of this week as far as does it mean something or not was the whole Cowboys record on grass thing. And, you know, you would think the White Josies got more grass stains on it. So I'm choosing to look at the Blue Josies as a positive this week because they get less, uh, you know, less impacted by the grass, which is supposed to be another point working against the Cowboys in this game. You know, Christy, usually you cover this team, of course, on Sunday and, you know, the occasional Thursday or Monday game. But typically on Sunday, which opens you up to watch Monday Night Football. And not sure if you're a fan of the Manning cast or not, but I remember a moment from last year's Manning cast when they were just getting started. They had Tom Brady on as a guest and they were getting ready to play the Saints. And, of course, by that, I mean, they had just played Sunday And, you know, they were still a week out from playing the Saints, but yet Tom Brady already knew, you know, the entire scouting report on the Saints defense. He was talking about, you know, defensive backs who would only play in their nickel sets, and he knew how many snaps the secondary was playing. And it was just a master class on, you know, being prepared for defense, and he's made a Hall of Fame career out of kind of picking on your worst defenders. So if we saw Sam Howell being able to do that for the commanders, throwing opposite Trayvon Diggs, what are you seeing from, you know, that second cornerback spot, which has been highly talked about this week, and the open competition that they've had there? They're trying to work rookie Deron Bland back, and he's of course been a bright spot with the interceptions and the turnovers he's able to make. But also, do you think it helps that they don't have necessarily a set plan going into this game because Brady is so good at knowing who you're going to throw out there? Right now, I don't think even the Cowboys or Brady can know who's going to be out there, and that might work well against you know, a quarterback that's so adept at being able to pick on coverage like that. Yeah, Sean, I would say it's not good having not having a set plan. Uh, it, it's it has to do more with injuries and availability. So so it's it's bad from a Cowboys standpoint that they don't not sure um, how they're going to handle that. I know that they they have an idea of what they want to do, but let let me just uh, uh, set the. Mm, just kind of lay out there what I'm anticipating for Monday night. I think Trayvon Diggs is going to travel with Mike Evans. He did it last year, and then he did it the first game this year for most of the game, not exclusively, but the majority of the game. So I think Trayvon is going to travel with Mike Evans. 
what's happening at the other side is ever since Anthony Brown went out, uh, Deron Bland, who, as you say, Sean, he's played so well as a rookie. He has been the nickel corner in the slot since Jordan Lewis went out. He's your best second. He's your best corner other than Trayvon. So he's been playing outside, but when they go to nickel, he moves into slot. Now, they were hoping that they would have Mackenzie Alexander back this week. Mackenzie Alexander, they signed uh, during the season. He was practice squad. They elevated him for one game to play the slot so that Deron Bland could stay outside. He suffered an injury in practice two weeks ago. They were hoping he might be back for this week. He suffered a setback um, this week in practice. He's not going to be available for Monday night. So um, that means that Bland is going to have to move inside. So what I think we're going to see on the outside when Bland moves into the slot is a combination of uh, Nashawn Wright, number 25, And then uh, I think we will see Xavier Rhodes, who they just signed last week, the veteran corner, 10-year guy who uh, played most of his career with the Vikings, went to three Pro Bowls. I think you will see number 39, Xavier Rhodes, mixed in uh, at cornerback uh, on the outside when Bland moves inside. The other thing that they uh, will do is at some times mix into the slot uh, J. Ron Curse at safety, he's a good matchup guy in the slot when it's a bigger receiver or a tight end, but also backup safety, Israel Mukwamu. So if Bland stays on the outside, you might see a few reps where inside it's either J. Ron Curse or Mukwamu. But most of the time, I think it's going to be uh, Bland moving into the slot with either uh, Nashawn Wright or Xavier Rhodes. I think it'll be a rotation between those two on the outside. And I'm sorry to be so long-winded in that answer, but this is uh, the biggest question mark going into the game, as you rightfully stated, Sean, is um, what are they going to do at cornerback out there? And it has just been a moving target the past few weeks uh, as they've given uh, Wright, you know, a chance uh, to see if he can secure that spot. Kelvin Joseph has been benched. Other than special teams, he has gotten zero snaps at cornerback. I wouldn't be shocked if he were inactive on Monday night so that they could have um, uh, Xavier Rhodes up instead. No, that's a great answer. You know, Mark and I have been trying to get Cowboys fans and our listeners ready for this potential matchup, even before it was official, it's been, you know, weeks in the making where you could kind of see this coming. And now here it is, Cowboys Bucks on Monday night. Just as a quick follow-up, you know, how, I guess, surprised or not surprised, I should say, were you when you found out that the Cowboys were going to beat a Monday night game? Not at all, because um, three, four weeks ago, um, I kind of had a heads up from people who, uh, I don't want to reveal my sources, but they have to handle the travel logistics behind the scenes <laughs> within and outside the building. Um, yeah, so nice tough assignment this week going to sunny Florida. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's so many arrangements that have to take place. And the other thing is, you know, with Monday night football and this being the time that they're rolling it out in postseason and, and, it's still the case that you still want the Dallas Cowboys. They're still getting the most eyeballs and the number one draw. So uh, from that standpoint, 
it's not a surprise at all, but it's Monday night football. But I had a heads up either three or four. It was, it was, it was early December um, that maybe the second week of December that, yeah, if, if, if this is the scenario with Cowboys or wild card, be ready for Monday night. And so Troy Aikman finally get, Oh, go ahead, Mike. I found it. I found the quote. Here's Troy Aikman on the ticket on December the 8th of the 2022 quote. Hey, if Dallas is playing at Tampa Bay, the only hope that I have is that ESPN will be covering that game. And I've already made that known. I'm hoping Dallas is the four seed that they'll be playing on ESPN in the wild card round. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's, yeah. That, yeah, that timing is pretty congruous with what I remember. Yes. I know the Aikman quote made the rounds last year that he was kind of wishing he got Cowboys 49ers in the wild card round as opposed to another Buccaneers game, and that was Eagles Buccaneers. And so now he finally gets Cowboys Buccaneers and he gets to do a Cowboys playoff game, and it's on a Monday night. So certainly a big scene for the, the end. Hey, I'm just glad for, for me personally, selfishly. What I look at is weather, okay? So it's like, as long as we're going to a dome or we're going to someplace warm, that's all I care about. So I was kind of, I mean, not that I wanted the Cowboys to be a wild card. I obviously wanted them to win the division and get a bye. But uh, hey, of all of the scenarios, I'm glad that we're going to Tampa. And the other thing is, again, um, 32 seasons of me doing this, I've only a handful of times have I gotten to see Tom Tom Brady play in person because with the Cowboys, uh, you know, it'd be once every eight years, we would go to new England. So I only got to see him what twice in new England or three times anyway. Um, but, but uh, I'll get to see him three times in a year and a half. And heck, even if he plays next year, it may be in another place. This may be his last game that I get to see him with the Bucks. So uh, selfishly, I'm really happy that this is the matchup. If, if if you can't win the division, I'm glad that this is the matchup. I'm not even looking at anything. All right, so three, it was in Foxborough in November. In 07, it was early October in Texas Stadium. In 2011, it was early October in Foxborough. In 15, it was early October at AT&T Stadium. In 19, it was a horrendous Sunday before Thanksgiving rain, freezing rain oh, that game. That was awful. Oh, that was such a terrible road trip. And yeah. then 21 was opening night at Tampa Bay, and then 22 uh, opening night at AT&T Stadium. And so, and that's, you know, for his 23 years to only get to see him that many times, you know, that's one thing I'm, I'm really, I don't want to go too far afield because I know this is a, a hidden yardage football uh, podcast, but like with baseball, what they're doing now where you have fewer division games, but you're getting to see the uh, different uh, teams. Uh, I, I think that's great. And I think it's going to help. Because, you know, being here in, in Dallas and not getting to, I mean, we've gotten to see the National League teams for, what, 20 years or so. But um, to get to see more of them, I think that's great because, you know, we see enough Oakland A's and Anaheim Angels. You know, I want to see the other teams. So I know that with the scheduling formula, the way it, it works, um, we are AFC East next year. 
so we are the Cowboys are going uh, to Buffalo and uh, is it to Miami or we got Miami? Yes, home. yes. Yeah, we're going to Miami and to Buffalo. So this is my wish. Again, I'm just speaking selfishly as a sideline reporter. If the Cowboys are not the team that wins the Super Bowl this year, I hope it's a Buffalo because what happens when you're the Super Bowl winner? They put you on the Thursday night kickoff you know, season, regular season opener. And then they always do a really good team to try and match it up. Right. So all I care about is if we play Buffalo next year in a warm month, I don't want to be up there in December or January or late November. So if the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl, then I hope it's Buffalo and they put us up there in uh, uh, September when it's because we've had games there when it's very nice. I've also had a game in Buffalo where the you couldn't even go to Niagara Falls because they were frozen. So I much prefer to go there when the waters are flowing down the falls. That's fascinating. I never even thought about the falls freezing because I've been there. But yeah, I don't know why that never crossed my mind that they can freeze like that. Yeah, they absolutely can. That happened on our most recent uh, trip up to Buffalo. Week 16, 2015. Tyrod Tyra oh Taylor gosh. was starting, remember? <laughs> oh, I didn't, I, if you'd have said who was starting that game, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, I wouldn't have remembered it was Tyrod Taylor, but I do remember we went ice skating, uh, in downtown Buffalo, um, that, you know, like one of the squares, it was holiday time. So, you know, they had all that, that out. So that's what I remember. I also remember that Mike Fisher, when he was with 105.3, the fan did a segment on the pregame show about like a shtick of going to Niagara Falls and he's like <clears throat> you know there there wasn't anything to see I mean it was, it was all dark and there weren't any falls I mean it was boring <laughs> so, I remember that too yeah and um I, actually we've had it we've had trips before the first time we went to Buffalo Mike Mike wasn't with us but our Cowboys radio crew we did made of the mist and did the whole shebang the whole touristy thing um not for an on-air segment, but uh, it was really fun, you know. Now, um, you were a sideline reporter starting in 99, right? So it would have been either. Yeah, but I, I started traveling. With, I mean, I've been on the crew since 91. Um, I really don't remember the year that we did that. It would have been uh, either 03. No, no, no. They came to Texas Stadium then. So it would have been that either Monday night in 07 or 1996. Wow, probably 07. All right, I'm taking too much time going down memory lane here. I need to move this along and talk about relevant stuff again. So I apologize. I just get going. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Christy, people are interested in the situation with Leighton Vander Esch and Jonathan Hankins, Tyler Biotic. How have they looked in practice? Yeah, we anticipate that all of those guys are going to play, so that's that's really huge. And with uh, Biotic coming back at center, um, my best educated guess is that McGovern, Connor McGovern, who filled in for Biotish at center last week and had been your starting left guard, uh, I think he's going to be the backup center and guard for Monday night. I anticipate that they'll go with Jason Peters at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard. That's one reason why they let those guys out there so long in that regular season finale. I expect that moving forward. Uh, having Leighton Vanderesh back in the middle is so important, and especially having Hankins back to help with the the run. I don't, I don't think Tampa's going to run a lot in this game the way that they did, and Fournette had his best game of the year in week one against this Cowboys run defense. But I think having Hankins back in there and that big body up front will kind of help uh, Leighton uh, be more free and, you know, be able to run more uh, there at linebacker. So, and again, I think I mentioned before about how often Fournette and White are used as receivers out of the backfield, 123 combined receptions uh, between those two. So I think that Leighton Vanderesh and Anthony Barr are going to have their uh, hands full uh, with this game Monday night. And, and I think that you might see Micah Parsons uh, move around maybe a little bit more. I think he'll still probably be uh, more of a stand-up pass rusher off the end, but I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe move him around a little and, you know, come a gap up the middle and that kind of thing. But getting those three guys back, Hankins, Vander Esch, and uh, Biotish, it's good timing. But here's the here's the bad news. This is the healthiest the Bucks have been all year, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, they, I'm not sure if they're going to have Ryan Jensen, but um, but this is it sounds crazy that the postseason is is even healthier than the start of the regular season, but that's how it is for the Bucks. So they're feeling just as good about their health situation as the Cowboys are with their health situation. It was Tom Brady's highest completion percentage by a really big margin as well of this season when he did play against the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium in week one and got what was a pretty effortless win for the Bucs that the Cowboys are trying to respond to from. So I think, you know, any changes to the defensive lineup to take things up from that game when Brady was so efficient would be welcome. Leighton Van Der Esch is, a bit, is probably the biggest one because he led the team in tackles that game and, you know, can help them in both coverage and against the run along with Jonathan Hankins there. At defensive tackle, you know, for the offensive line, interesting, you mentioned at the starting group that you think they'll go with, you know, do you think that's the best chance for them to get this run game going again with Tyler Smith, LF guard and what um, Tyron Smith has given them at right tackle? You know, do you think this offensive line pairing that had some struggles against Washington can learn from that and be the unit that gets the run game going, keeps Dak Prescott upright and, you know, is what we need to see in this game against Tampa? Yeah, uh, that, that's why they're going with it, but the proof's in the pudding, right? Um, uh, the other thing is when you have McGovern as your backup guy, kind of your swing guard, or, you know, your backup guard center, um, 
you know, maybe they can use him in some of the short yardage packages, right? Remember how he would, they would have like that Big Mac package and stuff, almost like a fullback. And then uh, also you can, um, you know, have some more flexibility in terms of bringing in extra blockers and and things like that uh, for the short yardage and goal line and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I think just establishing the run, what you mentioned a moment ago, Sean, about Brady having his highest completion percentage of the year in that week one win over the Cowboys, it's because they ran so effectively. You know, Fournette had, what, over 120 yards. They were just able to run and then do play action off of that. So um, that's the most they've run all year. They've been all, you know, pass reliant since then, and I think that's what they're going to be on Monday night. So, um, but uh, to your point of the Cowboys offensive line, um, you know, Biotish has had a good, they say what happens is in the regular season and the postseason, the media is only allowed to watch the first half hour of practice and half of that is stretching. So we, when you say, has he looked good in practice? Uh, we know that he's out there, and but we can only go by the words of the coaches and players in that regard. And everybody has said that, you know, he's um, he's looked good. I, I would say that about all, all uh, three of them, Hankins, Van Der Esch, and Biotish. All right, let's go ahead and get to some Cowboys birthdays before we get out of here with Christy Scales. On Tuesday, Preston Pearson turned 78 years old. He is running back for the Cowboys from 1975 to 1980, he's uh, history's other Pearson, if you will. On Tuesday, Brady James, linebacker, turns 42. He was with Dallas from 2003 to 2011. Also on Tuesday, Neville Gallimore, the defensive tackle, turns 26. He's been with Dallas since 2020 as a third-round pick. On Wednesday, Herb Scott turns 70 years old. He was with Dallas from 1975 to 1984, and has the ignominious distinction of being the last man of the man who caught Roger Staubach's last pass in the '79 divisional against the Rams. Of course, it didn't count because what? it was an illegal forward pass. Um, and then on Friday, Mark Stepnowski uh, turns 56 years old. He was the Cowboys' center from 1989 to 1994, and also. 99 to 2001, and he wore, in I think a preseason game, uh, his original jersey from uh, one of the 90s teams to kind of symbolize that he was helping pass the torch from Troy Aikman to Quincy Carter, and those are your Cowboys' birthdays. And that makes me feel very old to hear those ages. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, right. Yeah. Like when I hear, oh, Des Bryant, you know, 34. Oh, oh sure. Man, yeah. I feel Preston Pearson, 78. Wow. That's it. Or, or Mark, Mark Stepnowski is how old? 55, 56, 57. Oh, 56. my gosh. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm glad it's not my birthday week because I don't want to tell my age. So <laughs> time is coming for all of us except Tom Brady. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He did some. It's like a fine wine, right? Some things just better with age. By the way, Christy, when I mentioned Landmark episode, this is uh, 
episode number 50 of Hidden Yardage. So thanks for being a part of a cool round number episode for us. And like I said, Mark's done such a great job of getting us ready for Cowboys Bucks. We've been talking about this matchup for a while now and, you know, to actually have it here and to get ready for it in this way, uh, you know, certainly a lot of fun to, to go into a Monday night playoff game, which is a unique experience for not only the team itself, but everybody here at Blogging the Boys. Well, congratulations. You said 50. Isn't that like golden? Is that like golden anniversary or something like that? Yeah. I, yes, we're going to apply for AARP membership. <laughs> <laughs> I love to like pop some champagne or something, but it's a little bit early in the day here in Austin. So, you know. Hey, it's five o'clock somewhere. Oh, I love that. There we go. Aside from catching you on the Cowboys Radio Network feed, where else can people hear or read your work, Chris? Uh, let's see, a uh, little bit of DallasCowboys.com and then uh, Twitter at Christy Cowboy. Again, that's K R I S T I Cowboy. And if we get another, uh, if we get a win Monday night and then uh, another week of Cowboys reports along the Dallas Cowboys radio network. So as long as the Cowboys are playing, those will keep uh, going uh, along our affiliates on Cowboys radio. All right. Sounds good. And you can catch us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher, the Hidden Yardage podcast. You can catch Sean on Twitter at Sean Martin NFL, myself at The Real Mark Lane on Twitter. You've been listening to the Hidden Yardage podcast. So there it is. Yeah.